Welcome to another Mystical Perspective. We uh, go through the different spiritual mind power affirmations from Dr. Paul Leon Masters' latest book, which is available on metaphysics.com and on amazon.com. And the process is I take just one chapter, which is one page, um, and I study it for a week, and then I write down what comes to me during meditation. I found this to be a very, very powerful way of absorbing these powerful seed thoughts that are the affirmations from this book. And today we'll be talking about yoga of the Christ mind kind. Now this is a very interesting subject because so many people are doing yoga. I do yoga every day. I've done yoga for 40 years. But what's happened is we have westernized yoga. We've made yoga a physical workout um, very strenuous workout, um, a way to get in shape, and I think we've totally lost the real creation of yoga's purpose. Um, and we're going to go over these affirmations, which bring you back to the original purpose. Um, we'll go to Pantanjali's teachings, which kicked this all off so long ago at 400 A.D., and then uh, bring it up to date where how this started coming to the West. And uh, we'll look into it. But let's, uh, we start with the affirmations always. So let's start with the affirmations. I read them twice. I read it first and then I repeat it. Um, the first affirmation on the subject is Raja Yoga. Mm. Here's the affirmation. I work successfully with the inner energy slash matter of my mind guided intuitively by God's presence to find and awaken to God's universal mind spirit. Now, how many times do they ever tell you that in a yoga class? <laughs> I don't think ever. I'm going to repeat this and you can repeat after me if you wish. I work successfully with the inner energy slash matter of my mind guided intuitively by God's presence to find and awaken to God's universal mind spirit. Now we're going to be going quite a bit into this because this goes to the root of what yoga originally was meant to be. And it is um very, very rarely found. I do think that people with Self-Realization Fellowship, um, Paramahansa Yoga um, group have maintained that. But very, very few yoga classes uh, maintain this. The next um, affirmations on meditation. No surprise there. We do meditation every week. Through my daily practice of meditation, I achieve the relaxation and concentration necessary to make my mind one-pointed to work with the inner energies of consciousness within me. Now, as you know, um, I meditate every day, have done so since I've been 14, and it's a very key part of all of the metaphysical teachings is the daily meditation. I'll repeat, through my daily practice of meditation, I achieve the relaxation and concentration necessary 
to make my mind one-pointed to work with the inner energies of consciousness within me. Now, we talk a lot about meditation on these weekly talks, and um, this one's a little different because it talks more about being one-pointed to work with the inner energies and consciousness within ourselves. And it talks more about concentration, which, of course, is important. And that's a part of the yoga process. The next one, which I'll have a chance to go into deeply after we're through with the affirmations, is Vrittis, V-R-I-T-T-I-S. Through God's presence within me, I am intuitively guided in working with the inner energies, Vrittis, of my mind that the color frequencies may be reabsorbed into light, parentheses, Christ consciousness, of universal mind slash spirit or God. This is a very deep subject, and it goes to that point we always talk about when you begin meditation, seeing those lights and the colors in your inner eye and what you do with them. So this is a rather deep one. Let's repeat through God's presence within me. I am intuitively guided in working with the inner energies, Vrittis, of my mind that the color frequencies may be reabsorbed into light, Christ consciousness in parentheses, or universal mind slash spirit or God. Now this ties in why we have the title Yoga of the Christ Mind Kind on the subject. You're tying in God's presence within yourself to be guided to work with these inner energies and all of those color frequencies, which are thoughts in color, to take them back to the light of Christ consciousness or of the universal mind or the spirit of God. This is an amazingly powerful meditation that you can do as well. The next affirmations on Chitta, C-H-I-T-T-A, Chitta. Through God's presence within me, I am intuitively guided in working with the mind stuff, Chitta, to turn mind forms into energy and energies to color frequencies that may be reabsorbed into light, parentheses, Christ consciousness, of universal mind, spirit of God. Now you notice that's very similar to the affirmation above, but the difference is, is you're taking the mind forms of energies, and then those energies to color frequencies then are then reabsorbed into light, repeating that through God's presence within me. I am intuitively guided in working with the mind stuff, chitta, to turn mind forms into energies and energies to color frequencies that may be reabsorbed into light, Christ consciousness, of universal mind slash spirit or God. This is again very, very, very deep. This is what you do when you understand the true power of going within and actually working with light 
and working with your mind and working with your thoughts and changing those energies to be reabsorbed into the light. This is a, an amazing transformation and clearing process. The next one is working with. Through deep meditational relaxation, the inner energies, in parentheses, fritas, of my mind are slowed and stilled to the point where the color frequencies may be reabsorbed into light Christ consciousness of universal mind slash spirit or God. Again, this ties in with the last two. It's the working with that. Repeating, through deep meditational relaxation, the inner energies, vritis, of my mind are slowed and stilled to the point where the color frequencies may be reabsorbed into light Christ consciousness of universal mind slash spirit or God. Now we know a lot since this was first written about the different waves, the theta waves, the beta waves. Um, and there's many even pieces of music that work with these very things. Um, this has been a practice that has been around in the yoga tradition for, well, almost 2,000 years. The next affirmation is third eye. Through God's presence intuitively guiding me, I work to still energy frequencies appearing as colors shapes and forms before my third eye or inner sight of my forehead or the whole entire interior of my head. And again, um, the third eye is, you know where that is between your two eyes right there and you look at it and I'm looking right now as I'm talking, seeing purple, um, white, um, some almost like mandala energy, mm, shades of some red. Now, if you take that and do focused on that, you'll find that it changes as you go into meditation. Let's repeat the third eye. Through God's presence, intuitively guiding me, I work to still energy frequencies appearing as colors, shapes, and forms before my third eye or inner sight of my forehead or the whole interior of my head. And again, this is always done uh, when you go into meditation. Again, it's rather advanced. Some people see Lots of colors. Some people see uh, ultraviolet light, like a soul dot of energy. Some people only see darkness uh, and don't see anything. Um, it depends on your point of consciousness. Next one is light. In meditation, I work to enlarge any light appearing in my third eye area by holding it steady in an inner gaze. Repeating, in meditation, 
I work to enlarge any light appearing in my third eye area by holding it steady in an inner gaze. Now again, that's the use of concentrated focus energy. Um, there's a lot of people who just do guided meditations, but when you're doing guided meditations, you're bringing in more color, more changing shapes and forms, and you're changing your focus to what you're hearing rather than what you're seeing. There's an audio attention rather than a visual intention. So it's a different experience. That's not that it can't be used, but it's a very different experience than what we're talking about here and seeing light. And the last affirmation is Christ mind. I am one with the Christ mind light or the God's presence. And I am intuitively led to achieve oneness with the Christ light, the doorway of consciousness to God's presence. Repeating, and again, this ties into the Christ mind kind of yoga that we're talking about. I am one with the Christ mind light of God's presence, and I am intuitively led to achieve oneness with the Christ light, the doorway of consciousness of God's presence. Now, I've known Dr. Masters since I, well, I guess over 50 years, since I was 14. I started with him when I was 14, which was quite a long time ago. And I, of course, was uh, he was my stepfather, and I knew him for many, many, many years as a friend as well. Um, through the years, I knew in many of his talks, not many, some of his talks, I'd say, he talked about his deep um, appreciation of only a few teachers. And one was Swami Vivekananda, who actually brought this information that was kind of lost to the West and started the Theosophical Vedanta tradition. We'll be talking more about that. I just have to say that I really hope and pray that more people think of doing yoga as a way to develop union with God, which was its original purpose and meaning. It's not meant to just be physical exercise. Now, I know a lot of people say you do the physical exercise and that gets you ready to go into a state of meditation, but then you might do three minutes, five minutes of savasana at the end. That isn't near what it was meant to be about. There should be an, at least an equal time in meditation as in the physical movements. But ideally, your movements in yoga are in every moment tying you to that God energy within, that Christ light. God's presence should be present in every moment. I'll, I'll read some of what I was talking where this came from in, in 400 AD. Um, one of the first teachers of yoga um, was Patanjali, and he talks about asanas, which is really pretty much all we see in a lot of yoga classes now. But he says that um, they are motionless. The asanas are motionless, an agreeable form of staying in a yoga posture. How many yoga teachers practicing do motionless 
asanas. Maybe for a breath or two, you might get some teachers who stay there five breaths, but they're constantly telling you to perfect your position, so then you're moving even as you're in those breaths. The asana, asana is a posture that one can hold for a period of time, staying relaxed and steady and comfortable and motionless. Patanjali does not list any specific asana, except um, in saying posture one can hold with comfort and motionlessness. Um, the Yoga Sutra says as asanas are perfected over time by relaxation of effort with meditation on the infinite. So this is something you really need to practice when you're doing yoga. And it might really mean that you have to do your own yoga in the morning and take only a couple of postures so you're able to bring that into all the postures you know. If the posture is causing pain or restlessness, it's not a yoga posture. How many teachers do you see that try to push you? I had a yoga teacher and I've been doing yoga for over 40 years. And I had a yoga teacher and I went to the class and she, I knew she was doing a lot of pushing and she was trying to get everyone's butt in shape and trying to do all these things to get in shape. And I landed up twisting and straining my back so bad that I actually pulled a ligament. And it was one of the most painful things I have experienced for two weeks. I was in just awful pain. And yoga is, that's the opposite of what yoga is supposed to be about. So I'm now, of course, not taking that yoga class anymore. And I'm encouraging some yoga teachers I know to really start incorporating more of this union with God, this connecting with God this holding of the asanas so that you can be connected with that energy. In the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, there, well, there are 196 Indian sutras. It's a great book to get if you really are doing any yoga. It's whether you do yoga or not, it's, it's a valuable book. But um, it's, it's an organized knowledge about yoga from the older traditions of the start. And it was the most translated ancient Indian text in the medieval times, can you believe that? I mean, here they were doing this, as in Italy and places around the country. Uh, there was the art revolution and other things going on. Um, in India, they were doing the yoga. Um, and it's been translated into 40 Indian languages and two non-Indian languages, of course. And you can get it easily on Amazon. But um, it was brought back into, it kind of slipped out of awareness for about 700 years. And then, in the 19th century, due to the efforts of Swami Vivekananda and the Theosophical Society and a few others, it gained um, a comeback and it became classic again. And Swami Vivekananda translates the sutra as, Yoga is restraining the mind stuff. This is exactly what Dr. Masters was talking about. Restraining the sitas, taking from various forms, the vrittis, yoga essentially consists of meditative practices culminating in attaining a state of consciousness free from all modes of active or discursive thought and uh, eventually attaining a state where consciousness is unaware of any object external to itself that is only aware of its own nature 
as consciousness unmixed with any other object. Now, this definition hinges on the meaning of three Sanskrit terms. Yoga is the inhibition of the modifications, B-R-I-T-T-I, Vritti, of the mind, C-I-T-T-A, definition. What does Sita Vritti mean? Uh, Sita Vritti is a term that refers to the thoughts that clutter the mind. Now, this has been called in mindful awareness practices of meditation, the monkey mind. And um, the Sanskrit term, C-I-T-T-A, Chitta, means consciousness or memory. And Vritti, B-R-I-T-T-I, means waves. And that's kind of equal to what means mind chatter, which we hear so much about. And one of the goals of yoga is to take control of the Chitta Vritti by quieting the mind, thereby reducing stress and increasing self-awareness. How important is that in today's world? I mean, that is so key. So when you become aware of this and you do yoga practice, this is something that really should be incorporated into your yoga. Um, This is an amazing thing. I would recommend getting Swami Vivekananda's teachings. He has a book on uh, Bhakta Yoga, um, Raja, you know, we talked in the book about that. Raja Yogi is what was first mentioned. Raja Yoga was um, the first affirmation we had here. Bhakti Yoga is the love aspect of yoga. Um, and it's very, very... There was a book, actually, that Vivekananda did in 1896. It came out, Raja Yoga. And it was a big success back then. And it was very influential in the Western understanding of yoga. Of course, in uh, Patanjali, he says uh, there's the aspect of pranayama. We know that means prana, uh, breath, and yama, restraining, extending, stretching. Now, anyone that practices meditation knows how important understanding breath is. Of course, kundalini yoga, all practices of yoga do do some kind of forms of, of, or often do, ways of regulating and inhaling and suspending exhalation. Um, And that, of course, we know also connects with our thoughts and the colors we see. And then there's in uh, Patanjali, the the Pratahara is drawing the senses within one's awareness. Again, that relates to meditation. Um, It's it's a process of, of bringing your interior into your awareness and removing the external objects. It's a step of self extraction and abstraction. It empowers you to stop being controlled by the external world. I guess that means putting your iPhone away or turning it off, right? And Pratahara marks the transition of the yoga experience from the first four limbs. And, um, and it brings you to the next one, which is dharana, means concentration, introspective focus, and one-pointed mind. Now, Dr. Masters and those uh, affirmations brought up that concentration. And again, in the... Indian tradition that was done by mantras Um, a way of focusing on one word is also done and the seventh one is dhyana meaning contemplation, reflection, profound abstract meditation this is again, it's from 400 AD it's the pure thing Um, and um, then the last one and the highest of the eight limbs is samadhi samadhi of course is equal to enlightenment or awakening 
It literally means putting together, joining, combining with union, harmonious whole trance. Samadhi is oneness with the subject of meditation. There's no distinction. During that eighth limb of Samadhi, between the actor of meditation, the act of meditation, and the subject of meditation, object, subject, all disappear into oneness in that spiritual state where you're so absorbed in what you're contemplating. There's a wealth of information here. I'm, <laughs> I'm just so glad that Dr. Masters brought this forth. And I, I really encourage, rather than doing a regular meditation, which I usually do, I'm going to encourage you to do a couple of yoga pro, um, postures, asanas, and try to go into that state of meditation and give yourself time in each posture you'll find what the postures really are doing and what they are really meaning. There's a reason for every movement and every posture that you never get to experience when you're going quickly from one posture to another. Try to experience your awakening while you're doing yoga. I'll close with the Aramaic Lord's Prayer as I do every week. Father, Mother of the Cosmos, shimmering light of all, Focus your light within us as we breathe your holy breath. Enter the sanctuary of our hearts, uniting within us the sacred rays of your power and beauty. Let your heart's desire unite heaven and earth through our sacred union. Help us fulfill what lies within the circle of our lives today. Forgive our secret fears as we freely choose to forgive the secret fears of others. Let us not enter into forgetfulness tempted by false appearances. For from your astonishing fire comes the eternal song, which sanctifies all, renewed eternally in our lives and throughout creation. We seal these words in our heart committed in trust and faith. Today's talk was based on spiritual mind power affirmations by Dr. Paul Leon Masters' latest book. And you can get that book at metaphysics.com and amazon.com. I have, I think, 13 or 14 episodes. You can go to mysticalperspectives.com, my website, to get the whole series that I've posted, mysticalperspectives.com. I thank you so much for being here today and listening. And have a wonderful yoga meditation.